Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,254. I'm celebrating Women's History Month this March by having 21 inspiring women, the movers and shakers, who work in the automotive industry. Here we go. Once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from beautiful Bristol, Tennessee, Natalie Tackett. Hey, Natalie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. Very cool. Natalie Tackett is the artist and creative spirit behind decorative and restoration art and design business called Brushed, based in Bristol, Tennessee. Most of the time, Natalie works close to home, but travels for special commissions all over North America and has taken on restoration projects worldwide. She's been working on and off in the field of restoration and decorative arts for the past 20 years, but she didn't start her business till about eight years ago when she built up the courage to work for herself full time. She credits both of her parents for her creative and artistic genes and for passing on a love for cars, design, and attention to detail. And I'll let our listeners know what's really cool about my conversation today is Natalie's been listening to me, it turns out, for about the last two years. So uh, she says uh, she feels like she's talking to an old friend. So I think we're going to have a really grand time together. So Natalie, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career, your talents, and your passion for automobiles? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. That's This is so exciting. I'm just thrilled to be here. And uh, so I do own a, a decorative arts company that is located in Bristol, Tennessee. And I've been painting and doing something to do with paint almost all my life. My first recollection of of doing any type of finishing work, I was probably eight or nine, and I started decorating my dollhouse, um, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it kind of went on from there. So my experience in the car industry has just been my my dad and my my parents have always been car nuts, especially my dad, and uh, it kind of rubbed off. Yeah, I think just a little. Well, your talents are extraordinary and very, very cool. And we're going to learn a lot more about you and your passion for cars and your design skills and your art as we go through your journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests, as you know, as a regular listener, for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, the brush strokes going, as we should say. So, Natalie, take the wheel. Onward and upward. I like that. What does that mean for you? Well, my mother has said it for years, and it's just something, honestly, you, from falling down when you stub your toe or, or proverbially, you know, and, and you really just try to, to keep going, you know, onward and upward. There's only one way to go. Once you, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. Absolutely. You know, that's what that means to me is the idea that, you know what, brush it off and keep going. Um, learn from that that good experience or that poor experience, whatever it might be, and make something of it and move forward. And there's a question I'm going to have for you, as you know, is coming soon, kind of the challenge failure question, which sometimes people are kind of a little nervous about. But I, I think of that question as an onward-upward question. So it's nice to uh, combine that uh, great saying your mom shared with you. Now, as you've built this business and brushed, 
how does that relate to how over the last eight years you've built this business and worked through things that you've had to do? Oh boy, it has really, um, it has tested my metal. I, I had really no one to guide me uh, through starting a business, number one, and then to actually be in the arts field, of course, was the, the biggest challenge. You know, there's a stigma attached to the starving artist, and, and that's such a, a negative connotation and holds such a, um, an, uh, has such a negative impact. And so it, it's been a challenge for me to learn to be a business person as well as be able to express my creative talents. And I find that I'm, uh, I'm really a good left brain, right brain person. So I like the details as well as I like the creativity. And I think that's been a real formula for my success. You know, that's a key thing I've had. Well, as you know, I've had hundreds of artists on the show and that's, it's the same with restoration business. People who are uh, technical can build a car, weld on a car, paint a car, whatever it might be. But the business side is a challenge for them. And when they go into business, they don't realize it is a business, quote unquote, and they have to run it as such. And if they stay in that one silo of I'm a technician and they don't get out of that comfort zone and realize I also have to be a business person, they never really grow. They never really get out of their own way. Have you found that? That's so very true. Yes. It's yeah. um, Especially if you focus on, in, in my side of things, if you're just creative, it can be really challenging because uh, you need to be able to communicate with your clients. You need to be able to bring the vision to fruition. And if you're just, all of your eggs are in the creative basket, that can be a problem. Absolutely. What I always suggest to people that might be in that trap is seek help. Talk to people. Now, you said you were you didn't have that that help at the beginning, but you did have some uh, intuitiveness in your brain that you could work on both sides of your skull, <laughs> as they say. Uh, but yeah, if you don't feel like you can, go out there and talk to people. Uh, seek help because you know what? Especially in the automotive world, a lot of people are very, very willing to help you uh, learn what you need to do. If you hate mathematics and numbers, Get a bookkeeper, for goodness sake, and let that person keep your books. And don't worry about it. They'll tell you if you're not making enough money or where you should spend your money. And if they're a good bookkeeper, they're a good accountant, or if you're growing to the point of a, a strong CFO, they can really help you in that way. So, uh, yeah, seek help. Uh, good idea. Well, as we continue down this path again, uh, I would love for you to share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. I know that uh, your father was really into cars and a drag racer, and we're going to learn about that too. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were going to be a car gal? My first memory is probably the best, the best thing um, to tell you about. And we lived in in Olney, Maryland, and I was under five, probably closer to three or four. And my dad was wrenching on his drag racing car in our garage, which happened to be directly below my bedroom. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> you could smell the, the and, oil and fumes coming up through yeah. the windows. And there was, it, it must have been one or two o'clock in the morning. The house was completely silent. Of course, I had gone to bed hours before and there's this banging and clanging coming from the garage. And I got up out of my little pink canopy bed and toddled myself downstairs and I just opened the garage door and sat on the stoop just patiently. And my dad looks up from underneath the hood of the car and he didn't really say anything. 
he just came over and sat down next to me on the stoop, grabbed a glass uh, Pepsi-Cola bottle. So there was like a six pack of these bottles on the floor and, and, you know, no glass, no nothing, just opens the, pops the top. And we sat there and we shared this Pepsi bottle back and forth. But it was the smell, the carburetor smell, the, yeah, the gas, the oil, um, the sounds, you know, the, the compressor would go off every so often. And that's just instilled in me. And today, even I just um, renovated a local Goodyear dealership um, around uh, New Year's time frame. And when that whole time I was there, it was so great because, you know, you go out in the garage area and it's that it's, it's that great smell. It's that car smell. There's nothing like it. Well, you know, what a magical moment uh, for a little girl or for any child of a parent. And, and that was a real good testament to your dad. The, the, the fact that he took a moment, came over and sat next to you. Uh, you know, I think there's most, some parents that go, get back in bed. You know, <laughs> what are you doing oh, up he, in the middle of the He night? did tell me to go back upstairs. Oh, did he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It, it wasn't that magical, Mark. It was, he was probably taking a break. <laughs> you blew the whole you blew the whole story for me here. Gee, Natalie. Well, I'm just I you know, it's like one of those Pepsi commercials, you know? I mean it, it was it should have been it really, yeah. It really was though. I mean it was neat. And the, but the fact that he's giving me sugar and caffeine at one or two o'clock in the morning, hello. Well, <laughs> yeah. Good luck getting back to sleep, kid. Yeah. <laughs> now you're up there just going, Woohoo, this is why I like cars so much. I'm all jacked up now. Yeah, love that sugar and caffeine. Oh, what a great story. I love it. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing that smile with me. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. Now, you've been an entrepreneur now for eight years. No doubt this is fraught with ups and downs. And any field is a challenge, um, some more than others, of course. But I'd love for you to walk us through one of those times that kind of pushed you a little bit. Tell us about that. More importantly, what did you learn from it so you could move forward? Wow. There are so many uh, stories with um, with this, and um, I really try to honestly try not to look at the bad things and the tragedies, and really just try to to look forward in a positive way. But onward and upward, onward and upward. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you an interesting story from my childhood when we got into go kart racing, cool. and I was the guinea pig kid. And well, <laughs> crash? I, I was the you eldest. didn't call yourself a crash dummy. That's good. <laughs> Well, okay, almost. And uh, so we started go-kart racing, and I was the guinea pig kid. And our very first race, uh, Dad is is pushing the cart. And at that time, they didn't even have the little pushers that you could actually stand and walk. No, he was down on the ground pushing this cart. And he looks over at me uh, when we're really close to the start-finish line, and he says, or the starting grid, and he says, hey, he said, so don't forget, your brake is on your left, your gas is on the right. And I want to see you come across this line first. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I thought to myself, how am I going to do this? So we get going and we go into the first turn. And I realize I don't have any brakes. I'm 11 or 12 or I don't know what the age with the age range was. But but I'm, I'm a kid. I have no driving experience. I know nothing. We go through the the turns on this track and then there's a hairpin and you have to have brakes to go through a hairpin turn i i think i don't know i'm not an experienced driver but i i'm thinking that you probably want to have just the tap of the brake going through the hairpin turn well needless to say every single lap got worse and worse because there was a much greater margin in between me and the rest of the pack 
my saving grace was there was some poor kid behind me that, <laughs> thank God, he was doing worse than I was. <laughs> so at least I wasn't going to be dead last. But every time I passed, I thought, you know, my dad is standing there and you could just see the disappointment. And I was, it, it was such pressure, such pressure, right? I knew that I couldn't quit because my dad was definitely not a quitter. We weren't supposed to be quitting and I was going to get through this race no matter what. Well, the other thing he told me when we were going out on the track was do not crash into the hay bales. This is not a demolition derby. Okay. This is a a nice go-kart that I bought. And all right. So end of the race, I'm trying to actually go across the finish line in a respectable speed because I've got this kid behind me. And the, the pits was just after the starting grid. So everybody was congregating right in the, the entryway. And I knew I couldn't stop. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> stop. And I couldn't certainly zoom in there with chances of running into somebody. So I zoom around the flag guy. Oh, my word. <laughs> and I kept going because my thought is I'm going to go around the track. Slow down. Slow down and then just carefully coast into the pit area. So I have a plan, but of course, there's no microphone in my helmet. My dad has no idea. He thinks I'm joyriding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Like halfway around the track again, I finally see my dad. He has jumped the fence, jumped the hay bales. He's standing in the middle of the track, and I'm, oh, my gosh. I'm so. uh, Now I'm going to run over my dad. (laughs) No, now I'm thinking I'm really going to get a spanking. Uh Because I'm like, oh, boy, I'm in trouble now. Um, you know, and I've all these things, you know, don't hit the hay bales, don't do this, don't do that. Okay. I decided I had no choice but to run into the hay bales, stop and own up to what was going on and tell my dad, hey, I didn't quit. And it actually was funny because he's running over, waving his arms, what are you doing? <laughs> and I told him, I said, Dad, the brakes don't work. And he looks down and there was, you know, the cotter pin had broken or yeah, some problem. So in the, you know, the brake pedals flopping and okay, so I, I was clear at that point, And he didn't say a word. I didn't get yelled at or anything. I mean, at that point, it was like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, what could he say? Yeah. Okay. So my my funny, um, and I thought of this, I mean, many times in my life is when all else fails, hit the hay bales. So there maybe, that's, <laughs> so maybe that's another mantra. If all else fails, go into the hay bales. Yeah, it even rhymes a little bit. So yeah. uh, I think that worked. What a hilarious story. Wow. Well, that's much better than my go-kart brake failure. I basically took off in a go-kart the top of my street, went racing down the street, and as I got towards the big intersection street that comes across, pushed in the brake pedal, nothing happened, and I realized, oh, what do I do now? You know, I'm going out however fast a go-kart goes. Went right through the intersection. Thank goodness there were no cars. and went right into the neighbor's garage door. It just... <laughs> Boom. Yeah, just destroyed the garage door, the go every yeah. Crash uh, dummy. Crash dummy. Yeah, I was the crash dummy. There were no hay bells, unfortunately. So uh yeah, check your brakes before you start the race, most definitely. <laughs> Very yes. important. Yeah. Well have, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. Maybe not that go-kart. That wasn't quite so cool. Uh and maybe a memory you have about that ride. Um well, my first car, that of course was not my first car, but was my dad's, was that 64 Impala. And it was um, it was a super sport two-door hardtop. And it cool. was painted ember red, but it was like a maroon. And um, anyway, so he, uh, he had that in the garage. And my brother Derek and I would even get in the car and we would pretend like that we were drag racing and shifting and all of this in the car. And... Um, 
it, again, that carburetor smell, that garage smell, that was just um, a really special time. And I think it really gave me an appreciation for kind of classic cars and some yeah. American muscle stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. Is there a vehicle you've had in your life that you wish you could get back? Uh, I think that might be it. I really huh? do. I think that would be a neat, uh, it's a, it just has memories, fond memories for my from my childhood. Yeah, no doubt. Very cool. Well, I'd love for you to share with our audience more about what you do, Brushed, because uh, when you and I first connected, I think it was pretty cool because um, my understanding is your father is the one that suggested you listen to me, which is very, very special. And I'll let our listeners know uh, uh, tomorrow, the day we're recording this is obviously a month or so before the show goes up, but tomorrow is the anniversary of the first year you lost your father. So my condolences for that. I lost my father recently as well. And so I understand in some respects, what you're going through. But I think it's pretty cool that you and I are now connected. We're doing a show because your dad introduced me to you in a sense. And now we're like good friends and buddies and uh, friends and you're an alumni here on Cars. Yeah. So uh, uh, a shout out and a look to the heavens, no doubt to your dad and a big smile for him. No doubt he's looking down and smiling on you today. Uh, And that's pretty darn cool. But I'd love for you to share what brushed is to you, uh, the kind of business that you created here? And I know we share some mutual friends, too, in the automotive world, the Ingrams, uh, which is pretty cool. Rod's been a guest and his father, uh, Robert, has been a guest here on the show. Um, so tell me what brushed is for you and how that relates in some different ways to the automotive world. Well, most of the work that I do, I, I kind of cut my teeth both in decorative finishing and also in restoration work. And I was really started restoration with a conservator when I lived in Florida. So I was, I was doing some work with fine art, picture frames, and then, and then my fine finishing work, of course, faux finishing, we'll use that term very lightly, but a little bit beyond that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, again, I'm going to interrupt shortly because we're doing a Skype call so we can see each other, which is really a cool part of podcasting. But behind Natalie is a, looks like an old, wooden barn door. It's beautiful. Just looks absolutely awesome. And when we started, she said, well, I painted this. It's all kind of imaginary, you know, in this fall finish, you know, it's just really cool. I mean, the level of work that you do is mind-blowing to me. Well, thank you very much. Um, it, it is exciting and I love sharing it. And now my work has gotten a little bit into the uh, car restoration work or detailing. And uh, so I, when I Still, when I lived in Florida, I did a, a Burl Dash in a 50s, 50s American car. And I want to say it was like a Chevy. I don't, I, I honestly, at that time, I didn't even know. And I have photographs of that somewhere. And I think one of these days I'm going to find those and I'm probably going to be mortified because my skill level has changed so much that that was probably just terrible. But, but I've also done um, a little bit of other detailing and, and I really love I love cars. I just, I think it's, it's really super neat. And when I have an opportunity to work on something like that, it's really special. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let me, let me have you explain to the listeners the other side of your business where, uh, why would I call you and for what reason, why would I hire you to help me with whatever my needs were that you can fulfill? I guess is the best way <laughs> uh, I can yeah. describe so it. So I have a design arm to my business now. So I'm doing um, a lot of redesign work 
And um, that's how I was called in to do the Goodyear dealership. So we did a complete renovation with contractors, electricians, everybody. It was done in three and a half days, much like an HGTV style renovation and completely took them from about a 1970s showroom, real, really bare bones, um, cinder block walls, the whole deal into a really beautiful place that when people walked in the first of the year, they didn't, they were actually walking in and then stepping back out because they didn't think they were in the right. Where am I? Yeah. Wow. So um, restoration work as well as design and the decorative finishing. So there's, there's quite a bit, anything that can be painted at this point, I can do it. So there you go. And for people to find out about you, your website is I do have a website that is uh, affiliated with house and that is brushedartist.house.com. And really the best place to follow me right now is Instagram and Facebook. And I'm also under brushed artists there. There too. Awesome. Cool. I'll make sure I put links to those on Natalie's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Well, Natalie, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. And before we hit another hay bale, I want to say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom patterned for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week. Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah! podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah! is now on MAV-TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah! guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah! TV. MavTV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Natalie, we are back, and I have a very introspective question for you. And I like asking this question of guests who are artists because... It was um, an artist that I had on the show very early who suggested I ask people this question to kind of bring out how they feel about themselves. So here we go. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested into a vehicle, 
And you've heard a lot of these because you've been listening to me for a few years. What would Natalie be and why? Oh my gosh, I would be a Mini Cooper S. Cool. And why a Mini Cooper S? (laughs) Well, I cannot fit a ladder in it um, (laughs) or my (laughs) scaffolding, but um, but I think because they're tiny but mighty. Um, yes. it, nice little surprise. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that's um, and actually I have to give a shout out to Ramsey Potts. Oh, Ramsey. Yeah. I actually called him to say, I don't know what the answer to this is. And Ramsey says, well, that's a personal question. <laughs> I can hear him <laughs> but, saying that. But I told him, he's like, only you can answer that question, Natalie. I can't answer that. I said, no, but just help me just so I get just the right one. So I made my description and he said, yeah, duh, of course I'm any. Hello. I like it. Yeah. Ramsey, of course, a past guest, good buddy of mine. Awesome guy. Eternal smile on his face. Eternal optimism. What a wonderful guy. So uh, shout out to Ramsey. Yeah. And the hat. Yeah. Always. You know, I don't even, I just told him I don't even dress up anymore because I'll never compete with him. So I don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, he's an awesome guy. So shout out to you, Ramsey. Very nicely done. Pushing Natalie to come up with her own answer. I like that. My daughter's a very petite uh, woman and we gave her a Mini Cooper when she was younger and her license plate was fun sized, like the little candy bars, you know, so fun sized. So I always thought that was appropriate. The Mighty Mini. Yes. And of course, a great uh, guest of mine and also um, a very proud sponsor of mine, Christopher Kimball, has been supporting me for some time. He's a local financial consultant here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he's like eight foot nine or something. He's, I mean, fair to me, everyone's tall, but he's super tall. I wouldn't say he's eight foot nine, but he's very tall. Let's put it that way. He's probably laughing now because he listens to this show. And he drives a Mini Cooper. And I always say, how do you get in there? But all of us who drive Mini Coopers will realize once you get in, it's like incredible amount of space inside those cars. Yeah, like a Volkswagen bug, probably. Similarly. Kind of the same. Yeah, 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 kind of the same. Very cool. All right, we're up to the, to the last lap. You've heard this one before. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that mini throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Check your oil. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is that from your dad? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And you you'd be surprised. Air- you have air in your tires, and have you checked your oil? Is it you know, the air, the air in the tires is a key one, and I'll tell you, um, I'm very picky about that. And every time I take my car in for service, the, the guy that works in my car always says, you know, I think you're the only guy who brings his car in here that the, the air is always accurate. Uh, everybody's air pressures are down 5 to 10 pounds, sometimes more, uh, because people just don't, they don't check it, and it's so important for your safety. So please, please especially in the winter, you tend to lose tire pressure much quicker. So check those uh, temperatures or pressures, I should say. Temperatures, that's for the track. <laughs> check the uh, pressures in those tires often, at least once a month. How about a personal habit? Is there one that you believe has helped contribute to your many successes? I think just tenacity. I, I think that's, uh, I. you know, I'm, since I've, I guess I'm a stubborn kid, I've been that way, you know, my whole life. And especially when somebody says you can't do it, then, oh boy, look out. I'm going to absolutely prove you wrong. If it's really something I believe in, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to show you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's something I've learned after uh, 1200 plus guests here who are entrepreneurs is tenacity is a key to entrepreneurship. You've got to have tenacity, that uh, grit, stick to as they say, you just got to keep going. How about a resource? Is there one that you'd like to share with us? You know, everyone says this, but I, I use it so frequently that I can just 
fall in, in line with everybody else, but YouTube is so great for being able to access so much information today. And there's so many great people that add to that that platform regularly. So you're really able to get some um, on-point information that um, oftentimes it's it's just a, a real person just like you and me that is, is posting something and it's not necessarily sponsored, but it's, it's really good information. I've learned so much from YouTube. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story about youth and old age here. Uh, my son, when he was younger and learning how to drive, he'd already learned how to drive, but he had a, a three series BMW and one of the turn signals was out. So I thought, oh, good father, son bonding, go in the garage, change the light bulb, right? You know, everything you dream about when you're a parent. And we opened the hood and I looked down, and I'm like, how the heck do you get to that? And so we're looking at it and I go, well, there's got to be some way. And I'm fiddling around. He's standing behind me and he reaches around me, pulls the phone in front of me. And he goes, watch this tutorial, dad. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, there was this little hole that you just put a screwdriver down in and move it and it pops the whole light out. I may have figured that out eventually, but I'm old school. There's screws somewhere. You undo them and you pull it out, right? But not on the newer cars. So uh, yeah, YouTube uh, is incredible. That's how I learned how to podcast, how I learned how to record. I spent hours in the middle of the night watching things. You got to be a little careful because some of the stuff people put out there is not very accurate and a little dicey, but uh, Caveat emptor, because it's free, right? If I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Lyle Fisk. Ah, the pinstriper. Yes, yes. So he and was, why uh, Lyle? Well, he steady hand, definitely had an amazing steady hand. Um, and he set up um, in the back of a sign shop and, and would pinstripe. And so I've seen articles on him and um, in fact, I think he was really the first person that I learned about that did pinstriping. I would love to sit down and maybe have two or three drinks, perhaps coffee. <laughs> coffee might be a good one and practice. I think that would just be so fun to really learn from a master and, and how to actually um, do things a little better than than how I've learned them. I remember when my son was little, I took him to a car show and there was a pinstriper there who was pinstriping stuff for people. And you could uh, toss him 10 bucks and he would pinstripe tennis shoes or, you know, lunchbox, whatever you had there. And I remember my son asking him, how, how do you do that? And he just looks up at him. He's an old crusty guy and he goes, practice, kid, practice. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it is. It's just like my graining and marbling. And, and it's, it's true. I actually had one of my mentors tell me recently, I haven't seen you post any pictures of, of your, of your graining and your marbling practice lately. You know, that's, that's really important. And he's, he's so spot on because it, it is, if you don't practice those basics regularly, you, um, you kind of lose something there. You know, it's the same for so many talented people on my show. It's like authors, writers, journalists, artists, Whatever kind of form they do is you just have to keep doing it. Every day, even when you're not in the mood, you get up and you do it and you do it, you do it. That's how you get good. Very few people are masters overnight. And even when you think back to the great artists throughout history, they had to pick up a brush the first time and they had to hone their craft and their skill as they grew and as they changed. And especially when you look at artists who are very famous and how they change their styles, even Jackson Pollock, people go, what kind of artist is that? He just splatters paint. Go back and look at his early art and where he came from and how he got to that point, and you'll have a lot more appreciation for his so-called art splattering. Mm -hmm. You should all be so good at that. How about a book? Is there a book you've uh, read that our listeners might enjoy reading as well? 
Well, since we are going to be sharing this in Women's History Month, I do have a female author um, uh, and more female guided book um, that's by Rachel Hollis, and it's called Girl, Wash Your Face. <laughs> and I just it it recently came out and I, I read it and I it's um it just is very motivational is definitely more geared towards women and just having more confidence in yourself and and moving forward. I love that. I've not been uh, recommended that book, so I'll have to look that up, uh, read it myself and uh, perhaps pass that along to my daughter. Uh, sounds like a good one. So very cool. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can enjoy all these great references that Natalie's been so kind to share. On her very own Carsia show notes page, just go to Carsia.com, type in Natalie Tackett, T-A-C-K-E-T-T, and that page will pop right up. All right, Natalie, we're up to the checkered flag. Being a regular listener, you know what this means. Today, I get to buy you a cool car, a cool collector car, but there's a couple rules to the game. As you know, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of art supplies or another car with or a bunch of toys. You got to keep it. It's... uh. Not meant to be a garage queen. I want you to get out and enjoy this car in the spirit of your father. And it's the only cool collector car you can have in your garage. So you need to choose very wisely. So what can I buy you today? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think this is going to be a first two. And that because somebody currently owns the car that I know. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I think what's going to have to happen is we're going to have to somehow or another share custody because they might be really mad at me. But the reason I love it is um, it's a it's a 356 Porsche. And the gentleman who owns it is his name is Ed Lawrence. And he is on Instagram. I think it's the Ed Lawrence. And he takes his fantastic little red 356 named Pepper out for rides. And he films it. But he takes this car out and drives it probably several times a week. And it's just wonderful to me because I know that these cars were built to ride and drive. And so, yeah, no garage queen there. This is just the cutest little car. He's had luggage made for it, custom uh, seats. It's a beautiful um, little car and little ride. And uh, so, um, and I did tell him that this was going to be my answer to your question. And he was floored. He says, no. Well, how can he? Well, it's it's going to be a priceless car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the price just went up now that he knows I'm coming with my big checkbook. Yeah, uh, thanks. You shouldn't have said anything until I offered him something because otherwise this is going to get pretty pricey. I think. Oh my gosh, it's really ugly, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, you know, I have to look him up. I'm not familiar with him. Do you know by any chance what year that 356 is? Now, that's okay, because he's easy to find. We can look him down. I'll tell you, I got to spend uh, some time last week at the California Automobile Museum shooting uh, an episode of Cars Yeah! TV show, something new for me that's just launched this year on MAV-TV. And uh, one of my past guests, Joey Giordano from Straight Up Dubs, he restores old Porsches and 356s. He was nice enough to procure a 64 Porsche 356 from Ty and Monica Beekman. Uh, they live in uh, Placerville, California, and they have a car they've had forever. And he brought that car over, and we shot me driving that car and driving up to the museum in that car. And I know why you love 356s. I love them, too. I had not driven one in quite a long time. I've always wanted to have one in my garage, but they've become quite expensive in the years past. And, of course, I always want the best one, so that makes it even more challenging. But they're a blast to drive. You know, they just bring back my youth being in my Karmagia 
and uh, cruising around Southern California and stuff. So uh, I'm going to give Ed a call. Down that he knows I'm coming. This is going to get, like I said, pretty pricey, but uh, I think you'll look pretty cool driving around in that 356 Porsche named Pepper. I think that's pretty cool, too. Awesome, awesome choice, Natalie. I think uh, a person of your character and terminal smile on your face is going to be very happy in a Porsche 356 is just right. Just right. Absolutely. You've taken me on an absolutely spectacular ride today. Really enjoyed getting to know you better. Want to thank you for sharing your journey and for listening from to Cars Yeah for the last two years. That means the world to me uh, to be able to have an actual listener who's gotten to know me that way on the show and uh, share your story with, with uh, my listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance for you? Pepper off into the sunset in that beautiful 356 Porsche. Oh, my gosh. Just keep your relationships with all of your other car enthusiasts, because I think that that's such an important part of life. And and it's so special because we build so many great uh, friendships. And uh, it's almost as important as the cars themselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've learned that over time. And you've heard this uh, since you're a regular listener, Natalie. It's really not about the cars. It's about the people around the cars and the experiences that we uh, get to have with these vehicles. Uh, it's uh, really the magical part of the car hobby and the passion we have for automobiles, for sure. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and your world and brush? Well, the best way is on either Instagram or Facebook, and you can find me as Brush Artist. Brush artist. There we go. I'll make sure I put links to that. I encourage you to follow Natalie. Uh, I think you're going to get a big smile on your face when you look at what she's doing. And hopefully one day you'll give her a call and have her do something very cool for you with her paintbrush. Natalie, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your incredibly fun experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.